Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL podcast still thinks they could pass for college students. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, I don't know who is claiming that in this room. Is that the consistent, like, angry ageism uh, theme coming from <laughs> oh, Jason Zumwalt? I think uh, it might have been a reference yeah, to the concert going oh, It's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sesser. Yeah, Mark went to Coachella. What of it? Why is it made such a tremendous deal of? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a, a, someone else has issues with it much more than I do. I, I came, I went, it's my, I've moved on. It's now, was it Thursday? It's Thursday. The, mo- the most surprising thing about it was you are uh, a self-admitted, not a music guy. Yeah, but that you, was the only surprising. Thing well, about first of all, it I, that's I wouldn't. That's that's an over explanation. That's off base. Like I do like tons <laughs> of music. Um, I went there and found new stuff that I liked, but there's about yeah. 7,000 other things that you can accomplish there and see and do. Mm. So, you know, get off his back is what that's well, the takeaway. Who's, here. who's they? Well, we're going to have to ask I mean, I came back here with all these production elements attacking my weekend choices. Yeah, like, what, what's going on? What's who, going on behind well, the scenes? Who, who propelled you to, 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 to go down that road, Justin? I didn't write that drop, but I did receive it a little while ago, and I thought based on the things that had happened earlier this week on the show, that it made sense to be, you know, a follow-up to yesterday. I, yeah. I would imagine that not all layers of the pre-planning process have been revealed to myself. <laughs> The narrative, the narrative was in place. You're saying, Justin, and you were just extending the narrative, right? The through line of, of this week's. I always try to find storyline. a zum drop that <laughs> relates to what is happening in the show, and right. that's so, just good producing. Good. You know what else would be good producing? Suggesting that you know it's the off season. We've got some extra breathing space here. We should do the seven thousand things at Coachella not involved in music that you can get into podcast. I think that'd be fun. It's maybe a bit of a mouthful, but I'd like to hear all seven thousand. Be happy to ranked. host that. And I think Zumwalt oh, yeah, and, tell you. and any writers pod. behind the scenes might have some that might be more material. Yeah. Exactly. Unbelievable. It all folds into one seamless production. Uh speaking <laughs> of our producer, Justin Graver, uh there had been, as I understand it, this was a little surprising to me, but um, People aren't clear on some details of our live round one stream of the NFL draft and what exactly it is. I guess we didn't do. Uh, me included, by the way. So we feel free to. We didn't do the job that we were trying to do in the last show in terms of explaining what it is. <laughs> so do you want to perhaps provide clarity to those members of the audience and uh, Mark? <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to. So we're going to be live on YouTube during the first round of the draft Who's next talking Thursday right now, by night, the way? I played it. Well, Dan was talking. Oh, you did. Uh, but just Sorry. for you, just Greg. <laughs> uh, during the first round of the draft next Thursday night, April 27th, we'll be live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, basically to watch the first round of the draft. If you guys have ever wondered what's it like to watch the draft with the ATN heroes, this is your chance. We're not going to be broadcasting the draft 
footage or coverage. So sort of like a compendium. Put the draft on your compendium. TV, on NFL well Network, done. open up your laptop, your tablet, your phone, stream the ATN show, and uh, hang out with us during the draft. Were people wondering if we'd be tipping picks or something like that? Like I, I think people were wondering if we would show the like Goodell announcing each pick or anything like that. We won't be that tipping. Show, right? We won't be tipping picks. We won't be doing any of that. We're just gonna be like hanging out, watching the draft. So join us. It's gonna be fun. And I love, I love the word compendium. Well, I also, I also want to say like, if people don't want to to do it in concert with the telecast, I say you should and watch NFL Network. But we're going as soon as the draft pick is made by Roger Goodell. We're going to repeat it as well. So oh, yeah. we could be a one-stop shop if you need us to be as well. We, we certainly will be mentioning it. We will not be calling it a compendium, though. Compendium? Yeah. I, th- I think you were trying to think of addendum? I don't even know. A compendium uh, is a summary, uh, according to dictionary.com, a brief treatment or account of a subject. I, I don't think it works mm. in this context. Companion? In any way. Companion or addendum, I guess. Uh, I don't think work, a compendium would be three plus hours long. No, it's either way. It's it's not a word that makes any sense Sorry. in the context. Yeah, of no. English is kind of hard, you know. It was fine, Justin. You, you just roll with it. Uh, an auxiliary. You can tell Greg to shut up too. I think it's an auxiliary. I show. mean, if we're gonna give him props, it's a nice word. There's some yeah. people that have told me they've learned English by listening to this podcast, and Who I told wouldn't. You that? I wouldn't want to. Uh, <laughs> you know, would you please shut lead up? Lead them astray. <laughs> Uh, today's show, good one. More draft coverage. Mike Tannenbaum, uh, former front office uh, GM and executive vice president. He's done it all in our league, and now he's an insider for ESPN and a friend of the show. This is not Mike's first trip uh, to around the NFL land. He's going to join us a little bit later. But before we do that, speaking of the uh, listeners and viewers that we love oh so much. Uh, sent out a mailbag prompt yesterday. Uh, draft questions, comments, theories. Mm. What do you got? And uh, I thought they did a nice job. I thought they did a nice job. Is is that always the case? I mean, I feel no. like the performance goes up and down. Up this and time down. they are they seem primed. I would say who's like a uh, inconsistent. Like who's known for being inconsistent in the NFL. Like, you can't quite put a finger on his performance. Is he like a Baker Mayfield? Yeah, it's like a Baker a, Mayfield sort of fits that. Yeah, that so we're, career-wise. Th- but this was Baker playing the Broncos on Christmas or whatever. <laughs> Great performance. Let's get to it. Um, maybe we're shorting the audience with Baker. Yeah, that but feels a for little. For a franchise in turmoil. In, you know, How about Kirk Cousins? Well, let's do He's that. He's kind of steady Eddie. Derek yeah. Carr. Carr's a little bit of a Derek down. Carr. Car's yeah, let's down. go there. But that's only when it comes to the mailbag. That's rough. Let's go through some questions that kind of jumped out that were solid. Justin, let's go. You want to read them, Justin? I'd be happy to read okay, them. Okay, go ahead. All right. At Dan, at Around the NFL. You don't need to. Yeah, that's okay, okay, well. Okay. It, this <laughs> one I did because it's where do you, Dan, and each of the heroes want to see Richardson land. Also, I implore Mark to flex his third eye after his stay in the desert to peek into the future and relay to us whether this young man's tale be tall or tragic. Mm. That's from Jakob Bobro. I like that one. Very good, Jakob. This man is celebrating 420 today, This the tweet, the <laughs> author of the tweet. <laughs> hey, 420, bro. Ow! 420, bro. Ow! <laughs> uh, that's a I feel like shout I'm out to our really friend. high. Dave Damashek, who would do that in the newsroom very often. Very often. Anthony Richardson, polarizing, tantalizing draft prospect out of the University of Florida. Mark? My first instinct is enough with this jazz about the Falcons telling us that Desmond Ritter is the second coming of someone else. Like, just go get Anthony Richardson. I love the idea of him being developed there in a run-heavy offense that can use everything he does. You can use Ritter this year and let Richardson grow into what he is. I think Richardson's someone who's, we're going to be like, oh, he's a raw project who will be starting by the second half of week two. Yeah, I'd love to see him with the Lions. That's That was my easy choice. Like, I think the Seahawks should take him. It's taken me a while to get to this point because you know how I feel about Geno. Mm-hmm. But I just think with their system and the way they develop players, I think the Seahawks actually should take Richardson because it's such an opportunity at the top of the draft. But I don't think they will, and I will be happy that they don't if the Lions grab him right after that and he's the quarterback of the future there. Exciting. If the Falcons come out of this draft with Desmond Ritter and then all these different free agents they brought in, 
I'm going to ether their asses on mm. Saturday night. Mm. Go get a quarterback. I'm looking forward to Desmond they're, Ritter. They're interesting if they get a quarterback uh, that you can yeah. really get excited about. Some people think that's Desmond Ritter. Raise your hand if you're out there. Next. All right. Next question from Blair Kerrigan. Quote, intangibles. Quote, get out of jail. Phrases used by GMs league-wide. First question. Over, under, how many times this will be uttered on draft night? And second part. Uh, top 10 drinking game words for draft night. Ooh. That's good. Uh, let's see. I mean, value, you would be drunk if, if you Hammered. use the word value. Aaron Rodgers, you'd be sauced. Uh, let's see. Um... What is it, bendable? Yeah, I think bendable, I feel like, is sometimes can be a little more of a day two or day three where they're really doing the old stretch for content. Whatever we need to do, talk about is how the way his legs and ankles move. Uh, trade up, trade back, tremendous upside. Upside. Uh, high motor guy. Uh, you could do a bingo card. You really could. Mm. Uh, sleeper pick. Student of the game. That's a good one. Intangibles is annoying because, <laughs> like, Intangibles could mean literally anything. Off, like off the field means almost anything. Like Jalen Carter, for instance, has right. a very serious um, thing that happened in his life that changed his life, and I think that should be considered. Uh, but I've seen it kind of thrown that in, like the fact that oh, does he play hard every play? Like, and they just throw it into one big intangibles mm-hmm. bucket, and it's like you got to spell does it out he, what you're talking about. Does he pass the eye test? He does. That's a good one. Uh, and for, as for the over/under, I would say intangibles on the. You're talking about the and we everything we we drive through the NFL Network telecast, the eight o'clock to eleven o'clock or whatever, Eastern NFL Network telecast. I'm gonna say fourteen and a half for intangibles. I'll set the mm. over/under. Best available player. That's one. Here, here's one that annoys me. It's like, oh, you can plug him in for ten years. Like plug that's a ten-year starter. Plug and play ten-year starter. It's always ten. And it's always a guard. Right. I, and, and, and by the way, guards like haven't been that safe picks in general, but it's always like, oh, plug and play, 10 years. Uh, this guy was, his pro day was unbelievable. All right, what else we got? I like this one, by the way, trash can full of dirt. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what, what that even mean. Yeah, that's pretty common. You uh, know, we sh- maybe we should make a bingo card for our draft show next Thursday and play this game as it goes. Great, I don't know. great call. We'll, we'll Defensive linemen who are, who are hard to move out of the way, a trash can full of dirt. Have you ever oh, tried it? That's pretty good. It's I a think, heavy object. I think we could we could come up with a fun list. We we would be drinking, though, Gatorade. Right. Um, oh, the official course. NFL sponsor. And Pepsi. Sounds so fun, much Greg. Pepsi. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get a big whiteboard, a bingo board. Yeah, Okay. be fun. All right, next question from Joe Lifton. A draft theory, actually, not a question. The Detroit Lions will take two D linemen and or edge rushers with their picks at 6 and 18, and defenses across the NFL will be overwhelmed with this talent complementing Hutchinson and Houston, and the Lions will surpass the 70 sacks of the Eagles. Okay, so that that that's 70 sack. That's a high number. I don't know about all that, but I totally believe they should do the old, speaking of tropes and cliches, I think the Lions should think very hard about doing the the all-defense draft. Where you, with the team that feels like it's only one side of the ball that's giving them trouble, and then they very consciously only draft players on that side of the ball. I feel like the Cowboys have done that three or four times hmm. uh, under Jarrah in the last 10 years or so. Um, I love the idea of them going and getting, whether it's Will Anderson or um, Tyree Wilson. Just, Carter might fall to them at six. That and, would be crazy. You know, Carter next to Hutchinson would be Pair him with Hutchinson and then have a real strength in your front seven. Because uh, I don't think the offense – it might be asking too much for the offense to be as good as it was last year, but I don't think it's going to crater. Uh, so I, I love the idea of building up that defense for Dan Campbell and then seeing what happens. I like the spot they're in. I don't feel like they have massive needs so they can do whatever they want. I think they want to take defensive linemen. I think it'd make more sense at six because it feels like defensive linemen get pushed up a lot. This class seems not super deep. And taking one uh, again at 18, they have taken Hutchinson, Onuzarike, Josh Paschal, Aleem McNeil, and there's another one I think that's not even on the team anymore that, that slips my mind. That They've taken a lot of linemen under Dan Campbell. I mean, it, 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 Hutchinson worked out so far. That's a part of it is like actually hitting on these draft picks. The Detroit Lions have been drafting top five for like seven eons in a row. And remember, the Lions, they get four games against uh, the Bears and the Vikings. Well, maybe the Vikings will be better on defense Ooh, this year. Ooh, that is some Vikings shade. Uh, their defense was wretched last 13 year. 13 teams. 
Uh, all right. What else? All right. From the Strength of Record podcast, big mm. pop for them here. Um, if the Packers <laughs> draft a wide receiver out of spite, is that what it takes for Rodgers to get his second ring? But with another team, chip on his Ugh. shoulder. Hmm. What is going on? Let's check out that wide receiver room for. It's pretty rough. The Packers is the. It would be kind of ironic if Rodgers is gone and they use the first round pick. It's, after having it's two Watson last and year. Dobbs are their one and two, which seems Le- insane. Lazard is obviously gone now there too. It seems insane, and they don't have a three. Samare Torre, I guess. It, and the, they <laughs> had two first round picks last year in a great wide receiver class, and they punted on it. And now they, they're almost desperate for a wide receiver, and it's not seen as a great wide receiver class. So, of course, they will probably take it, a wide receiver. It looks receiver like spiteful timing, but, round. I mean, if you suddenly are going to roll with Jordan Love, which they are, like, you have to build – it's not the same thing with Aaron Rodgers where you trust him, his smarts, his pre-snap, et cetera, to do it all for you. Like, Jordan Love needs to be surrounded by human beings that can help him out. They might be looking at the uh, the Greybeards uh, lineup and seeing – Jarvis they Landry. Need to, they need to mm. bring in some veterans. They need a tight end, too. So I think they could take the first tight end off the board at, at 14. Wouldn't be totally shocked. And as for the Strength of Record podcast theory here, I do think there is some juice to get behind about Rodgers. All the great ones will find motivation and try to stick it to the Packers this year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the Packers drafting a wide receiver. That really is what gives them the eye of the tiger, though. So, no, I don't think that's going to do it. But check out the Strength of Record podcast. What is it Unless about? it's like a horrible, Five times like, a week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What is the Strength of Record podcast? Is it a Didn't football podcast? In? Didn't uh, look into it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Dangerous. This one comes from Robert <laughs> Kimdiche's burner. Oh, Kimdiche. <laughs> Going into last year, it was the consensus view among analysts that Seattle had one of the worst rosters in the league, a narrative that proved totally wrong. Which team or teams with a good draft class could exceed expectations in terms of roster talent this year? Mm. Mm. (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind is if they go quarterback, which they're going to, and they get it right, and the quarterback plays right away, the Carolina Panthers. I think there's a Mm. lot of talent um, on both sides of the ball, and you've got that Frank Reich coaching boost. Uh, a lot of chaos has been put away, and I think there's just they they've played without a quarterback for ages. Things could change. I think that was a perfect choice. I don't know if I can top it. The the Falcons, I think, have a chance. The rest of the roster, it's they've just signed a lot of okay guys, but the okay guys are upgrades over what they have. Uh, and so I think they're only a couple pieces away. They would be another one, but I like the Panthers' answer better. I will throw out the Chicago Bears, uh, who have. A Can't be a lot worse. Draft assets, and they have added some bodies in there, and Justin Fields hopefully is fully healthy. I think with a good draft class, um, they could be a team that is in contention in that division potentially. That's a wide-open division, I think, the NFC North. It's an interesting division. Fields is the key, and he needs help. All right, more mailbag to hit, but let's pause for a quick break. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Here we go. This next question comes from Will Savage. Is the Colts moving up to two or three, I guess, to get Stroud or Young a real possibility? Would the Texans be willing to trade down? I'm assuming he means doesn't with it, the Colts. Doesn't it feel like Jim Irsay has something up his sleeve? Did you see his tweet? Uh, no. He basically it? said we can move up, we can move down, we can do it, we can sit right where we are and get someone. They're going after a quarterback. Wait, so what did that tweet actually? What was he saying? He's saying I, like, would the Texans actually trade down? No, to but what is Jim Colts? Irsay saying with that? All options seem available to the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> in terms of Thanks, like Jim. what they'd be allowed, licensed to go do. Get crazy. <laughs> He oh, also right. okay. didn't he like he like sent out the pictures of the different quarterback. It's yes, it's, he did. it's preposterous. I like the theory. I think I saw it from uh, Trevor uh, Sikama. Uh, apologies if I pronounced it uh, wrong from PFF. Who thought the whole Texans like we're gonna not draft the quarterback smokescreen is all about like getting someone else to to trade up to the number three spot. Uh, and they end up actually taking a quarterback at the number two spot, and that leaves the Colts out uh, in the cold and not getting their quarterback, which I, I like that as a theory. Because why Why are the Texans putting it out there so much that they're not going to take a quarterback? Maybe it's the truth, but I, I don't trust anything. Like, they are absolutely letting national reporters know, like, that's that's their plan. They're, so they're going to go to the, to those extreme lengths just to essentially pull one over on the Colts? That's so well, I, savage. I love. I think it would just be like it's, it's overly it's complex. Part, it's maybe Will part savage of it. is yeah. what it is. How about <laughs> Colts focus on yourselves and same with Texans? I don't think – I think the Colts come out of this. If they, they gave uh, Lamar Jackson the cold shoulder to this point have, I think there is no way they don't come out of this draft where they are right now with somebody they really are feeling good about. Could be Will Levis. DJ keeps saying – a lot of teams like Levis. Okay. Next question from Matt Anderson. Actually, another draft theory. Joe Douglas can't be bothered to trade for Rodgers as he's tired of the Packers games. Instead, Douglas packages picks and moves up to draft Will Levis. Thoughts? I did think about what if there was more going on than, than we realize. Is it completely out of the realm of possibility that the Jets pull a shocker and take a quarterback? Is that a possibility? Probably not. We're probably too far down the road here with Rodgers for anything to happen. Um, but at the same time, like, we we know Rodgers is a short-term fix, too. Like, we don't know, even if he is a Jet, how long he's going to be there. I wouldn't rule it out, but like I said on a uh, previous show, I would be stunned if they do anything else but take a offensive tackle on night one. I mean, mm. if, you're, if you're Joe Douglas, first of all, like, if this Rodgers thing ever went south and there was a plan B, like that's not going to be received well no matter what. But like if you're Joe Douglas, part two, the idea of drafting a rookie who two months into the season you realize this guy also is not working out, a la Zach. It's like you can't let you can't let you have to go get Aaron Rodgers because it's the one thing. Even if he is substandard Aaron Rodgers, no one's going to blame the Jets for going having gone and done that or Joe Douglas for going and get it done. 
I, I appreciate how quiet it's been, actually. Yeah, we would be getting on Rodgers, saying he wants so much attention. If like there'd be keeping the drips and the drabs over the last month, it's just been quiet. I don't We're think there's any chance. I here. think he's a hundred percent a Jet. Right, it's just happening. It would be wild though. They turn in that draft card, and it's a quarterback. It'd be a great draft moment. <laughs> I would be glad to be on uh, a live stream with you at the time. Just let, let's get the disc trade done uh, Thursday night, though. That would be cool. Because we're not hmm, doing a live stream for rounds two and three. And uh, just think about the content. Help us out. Think about our content specifically. We have done our Aaron Rodgers emergency podcast already, though. That's been That's filed. True. So. We, did, we did have a, a live stream of Mark Sessler when Johnny Manziel – uh, Forever was yeah. was drafted. It we was, invented the live stream. It was with actually that. just yeah. like a video on a cell phone, but yeah. uh, it went on the Let's internet. Let's do a quick Horribly speed depressing. round. Okay, uh, quick speed round from Jeff Yates. With Joe Mixon's off-field and contract situations, how are the Bengals being slept on for a destination for B. John Robinson? Mm. Yeah, I love that. Well, they'd have to trade up. To, I, think, I don't I think, think they're, they're going to get him there, and I think Grave where are the Bengals right now? Twenty-eight. He's mm-hmm. absolutely a Bengal if he's on the board there, but I just. Don't think he'll be on the board. But if they moved up 28 to 18 or something, who yeah, knows? Yeah, you know? I love, love the idea. That would be, there'd be a lot of excited people in Cincinnati. What else? Let's say the GM app is real. Which GMs would have the hardest time actually using it? Which would have the easiest? Uh, okay, I looked. I did see this, uh, and I was thinking about this. I think Jerry Jones would struggle. He's got uh, Steve in there. More ageism. At, yeah, but at various times, at various <laughs> times of the day, I think he'd struggle for various reasons. Um, okay. I don't think Bill. I think Bill Belichick gets kind of cute. That he wouldn't we, be good, but maybe he would be. I don't know. Well, we've seen him um, struggle with cell phone and texting, and it led to a major lawsuit in, against the NFL. Uh, you're right. That's a, that's, that's a tough. That was a bad beat for Bill. There's so many young GMs that I think that the vast Maybe majority cool. would be absolutely fine with it. Mm. We need a GM app, though. How much longer can we deal with this? I don't think John Lynch, um, super mobile. I don't know why. He just seems like he's not living in that world. All right, keep going, Justin. (laughs) What? All right, I think we have time for a couple more only. All right. From Johnny Eastgate, Mark Sessler's mock draft, the highlight of any draft buildup. When's it going to happen? I know we talked about this, but I I think Wednesday. 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 Yeah, without fail. Without fail. Yes. All right, last question. From Sean Black, for each of the heroes, who's your guy mm. in the draft? Uh, all right. Who wants to start? Well, I, so on the episode where uh, Claybon and Colleen joined, we each picked a draft, our guy. Um, and it went right through the there, – it was it, there has been no grumbling about the fact <laughs> that it went right through all the clearinghouse boards and all the executives. So I you picked, think? I picked Joey Porter Jr. because I love the idea of him going mm. either to the mm. Steelers – where his father played, or in a major um, chaotic scenario, going to like the Ravens or something where he goes to their number one rival. I just was p- pointing out that it always annoyed me as a younger Browns fan when the Browns, who were searching for any sense of identity or help, passed on Clay Matthews Jr. or everyone who passed on J.J. Watt's brother. It's like, let's stop overthinking these things and picking like the bloodlines we know are going to succeed. This is like a 6'3", 193-pound defensive back who can hammer people. Joey Porter Jr. is my guy. Mm. Pro-nepotism. Nepo baby. He is In this case, uh, your guy. <laughs> I am saying if you're going to go down Nepo Road, yeah. get it right. And this right. is one way to get it right. Go ahead, Greg. So many options. I mean, Anthony Richardson is the guy I'm going to be the most excited to watch and rooting for, but he feels too um, top shelf to, to pick. As you must got to go non-quarterback. But. So I got to yeah think about our upcoming guest here, Mike Tannenbaum, and go Tajay Spears from Tulane, the running back who you can just see placing him in there, and he's going to fall the second or third round, and then he's going to have a Matt Forte-like career. I know he's a different player than Forte, but – Excellent vision, the way he can make people miss in small areas. He's good on all three downs. He is a player, and he's going to be repping the green he is wave. officially uh, <laughs> your guy. Uh, let's let's go to the kicker club. Um, wow. I like I like Eddie Ogamba out of South Dakota. <laughs> uh, he's got a howitzer. A um, little inconsistent, though. Uh, Ty Zentner out of TCU. You got to pick just one, your guy. Yeah, I'm just narrowing it down here. We, got, we have uh, Jonathan Cruz out of Ole Miss. Very talented. Um, he's got Extremely. a he's got a big boot. Um, big boot. Tanner too. Brown, OSU, ninety five percent last year, twenty two of twenty three, and he split the uprights from fifty three. But his legs not huge, so I'm going to tell you my three guys that I really wrestled with here. Chad Ryland out of Maryland, 
guy was Mr. Automatic last year, hit 250-plus bombs against Michigan. Um, he could be drafted. I like Christopher Dunn. A lot of people say Christopher Dunn out of NC State. He's your guy. He's the Lou Graza winner. He's got a ton of swagger, which can go both ways. Uh, monster leg uh, hit 96.6% field goals. But my, my guy, he's out of the U. Michigan's Jake Moody, two-time Lou Graza finalist. He has one win. Hit a 59-yard field goal uh, in the most recent college football playoffs, the longest ever, 64% touchback, uh, touchback rate on 100 kickoffs. Uh, he was tremendous in the Shrine Bowl. Um, I think he <laughs> That's is, what they say. He could be a fourth-rounder uh, on Saturday. Uh, Jake Moody is my guy. Bold. He is officially uh, your guy. So that's it. All right, let's take a break. You have any questions about the kicker? I was a little surprised. You went through like eight different guys. (laughs) Moody, um, look, when you hit a 59-yarder in the college. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Ball semifinals. That's that's Hansis material. Yeah, yeah. You will see him on Sundays. Let's take a break and get to Mr. T. <laughs> Welcome back. Our next guest is Mike Tannenbaum, aka. The real Tannenbaum. Not verified, but nobody is anymore. AKA the ESPN <laughs> Insider, AKA former front office Poobah in New York and Miami. And a man once said, it's been said of this man that no one handles billionaires in conversation better than Mike Tannenbaum. Whoa, whoa. 
and now he's on with us. Decidedly not billionaires, but I still feel good about the combo. What's up, Mike? Uh, it's something I've been called a lot. I, I never realized I had that <laughs> moniker as well. You've never heard that before. No, I mean, that's look, uh, you you worked for some powerful people back in the day, but now you're doing the real fun stuff. Draft prep. There, There's nothing like it. I People say what it's like. It's um, it's like an open book exam. You better know two to three sentences and quickly get to your notes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mike, for joining us. And uh, yeah, I guess we're going to go in a few different directions here. But I, I was curious because of your experience in front offices kind of start here. What is for you the most difficult position when it comes to player evaluation? Uh, is Like, is there a position in in where it comes to game tape in college, where it's most likely to betray you at the next level? Like what, what position makes you more nervous in terms of studying in this process? Yeah. Um, look, the obvious would be quarterback for all the reasons that you would think, but I would say receiver. Uh, I'll give you some example, Kevin White. Kevin White was misevaluated by a lot of people uh, coming out, just given his production. And then when you go back and do the autopsy and look at things like route tree and sort of playbook, you know, that's when things become a little bit more complex. So you really have to have a deep dive and understand, you know, what's expected of the players, what knowledge they need to have, how fast they can play, their experience. There's a lot of things that go into it, level competition. Um, and, you know, he's just one of many receivers that didn't work out for it. Could have been a number of reasons in Kevin's case in particular. Uh, but he was somebody I liked a lot. He didn't work out, drafted high. And that sometimes when you go from, varied offenses and and some i think are the benefit of the doubt cuts against them too much and the inverse is true too where some receivers get pushed down because maybe they didn't have production uh because of the system they were in yeah and lately it's like you can't get a receiver pick wrong they almost all seem to work out and this seems like uh, a class where there's going to be a lot taken in the second and third round especially i'm thinking about what you would be doing when you were running uh the jets and when you were running the dolphins at this time in the process like like a week before the draft and and what you think a team specifically the texans uh are doing with with these reports that come out there to the point where it seems like it's intentional that they're getting out there, that they might not be taking quarterbacks. Like, what do you think that's about? And and how are you laying the groundwork as a GM, as a decision maker over the next week, kind of leading up to the draft? Well, let me tell you guys a story because it's a cliche, but I, I lived it and probably lived the most dramatic moment in recent memory with the NFL draft, which is you really need to be prepared for, for everything. And in the 2016 draft, the number one player on our board was Laramie Tunsil. And for a lot of that draft go, moving into that year, Tennessee had the first pick, and everyone thought Tunsil would be the first pick. They need a tackle, and let's move on. We, we had a good, not great left tackle at the time, and Brandon Albert and Chris Greer, our GM at the time, who's still there, um, to his credit, you know, we went through the process of making sure that we thoroughly researched Laramie. And as we know, like, he had a bump in the road, and – on draft day, like in real time, it was an unbelievable drama. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, like Baltimore is going to need a tackle. They make a lot of great decisions. I'm sure they're going to take him. And when they took Ronnie Stanley and not Laramie, I was like, gosh, like I looked at Chris Greer. I looked at Adam Gase, Steve Ross, our owner, one of my billionaire conversations and said, <laughs> hey, you know, we went through this process. Matt Winston, who will be a GM one day, was an area scout, went into Ole Miss in the fall when it was quiet and Lo and behold, there he is at 13, and you know, six, seven years later, he's still one of the best, if not the best, left tackles in football. So to answer your question, Greg, like you really have to say, like, hey, if we're picking at in Houston's case too, and we try trade back to seven, we better have seven players that we are rock solid on because something crazy is gonna happen. And I don't know, is it maybe Anthony Richardson going before CJ Stroud? Like mm -hmm. that would not shock me. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, guys. Mm -hmm. right, so you are in the world now. Uh, when you were a general manager, everything was behind closed doors. You were in a secret world. Now you're having to put out mock drafts. And I know that the element of your most recent mock draft, the Hendon Hooker to Seattle, um, 
ter- absolutely drop draw, drop draws and like people were just how can you do this? How can you put him there? Like well, I, I how love dare the, you, frankly, well, I, Mike? I, how dare you? I love how much because I've listened to some of your stuff. How strongly you've come out in favor of him and that he's a little bit lost in the mix because of the knee injury, his age. You know, why would Seattle do this? Why does it make sense? Um, explain to me why you made this pick. Yeah, and Please. I'm just making sure that you're talking about my feedback on my mock draft because there was nothing negative that I saw on Twitter. No, so. okay. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just a few things. You know, when you when you lose that blue check mark, it's, it gets tough. <laughs> I, I paid for my blue check mark. Is is that not? Oh, there? he kept oh, it. Yeah, we just assu- he just assumed. Titus Titus assumed. kept it. Breaking news: <laughs> Mike T coughed up the eight bucks, or ESPN did, or someone. We don't know. No, ESPN did it, and I will say this: I, I am not a billionaire, and I spent eight dollars. <laughs> so both those things can be true. But, you know, for me, guys, like, you know, you talk about, like, I, I will say, like, I've seen receivers struggle sometimes, again, with the transition. And obviously, quarterbacks, there's a lot to be said. And I've learned a lot, both highs and lows. But when you fundamentally look at the biggest challenge, in my opinion, with quarterbacks, it's experience. And there's nothing like game experience for quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker has started 37 games. And if he was healthy, guys, he may be the first pick in the draft. He has prototypical size. He has a great arm. And I'm telling you, he has rare character. I saw it with my own eyes with two different situations. One was the Orange Bowl. I'm on the sidelines. I'm supposed to be scouting, you know, Tennessee in pregame. I am just kissing Peyton Manning's ass trying to get on the Manning cast. So I'm not paying attention. <laughs> and I'm watching Hendon Hooker, who's not playing. He's in the huddle with his teammates as passionate as he can be in a very meaningful way. Fast forward three weeks later. I'm covering the practices for the senior bowl. I'm on the field guys. And here's Hendon hooker who cannot play in the game in the huddle in a practice on a Wednesday afternoon in mobile. And I said to him like, what in the world are you doing? Hendon? He's like, Hey, I'm just trying to help my teammates get better. And somebody's like that vested, like nobody would have blinked if he just left Tennessee, went out to California with one of those QB gurus, nobody would have held it against him. But here's a guy that was vested at Tennessee, despite transferring Here's a guy that was at the senior bowl at every rep. Like that's who I want to be my battlefield commander. And then when you throw on the fact that he led the nation in yards per pass attempt, and I push back on the notion of Tennessee's offense and how, you know, four wide and how quick they were. I understand there's going to be some challenges in the transition, but if he goes to Seattle at, let's say five, they did a wonderful job of extending Geno Smith. There are some outs on the contract. And I just think the old axiom guys of win for today and develop tomorrow fits really perfectly between Geno Smith and Hendon Hooker. Mm. I mean, you've got him as your top quarterback overall, so it's not just you think he would fit well in Seattle. You you think he's going to be the best player at the position in five years. You have Bryce Young next and Richardson uh, third, and then Stroud and Levis. That, that is bold. That's your guy, Mike. You, Hendon Hooker's career and your uh, career is now – it's together. Everyone's going to think of you uh, when they think of Hendon Hooker. You'll have to get a tattoo on your bicep. <laughs> How do you know I don't have one? <laughs> Prove it. Um, but look, you know, you, you have to look at talent and character, and I think he has both. Um, I don't see any holes in his game. I, I do wish sometimes offensively they stress him more, which they, they just don't. But he's an underrated athlete. The age doesn't bother me. The experience is a factor in a positive way. I just think when it's all said and done over the next five years, while I love Bryce Young and his foot quickness and how well, how quickly he plays guys, like the statistics are against Bryce Young. Like if we were running an insurance company and we had a bet based on data, the data is against Bryce Young. I think he'll be an exception, but that's why I would give the benefit of the doubt to uh, Hendon Hooker over Mm. Bryce Young. It's not always the the buzziest pick for the, especially fan bases that wait all, you know, for months ahead of the draft and then Thursday night comes and then you grab that offensive lineman in the draft. But at the same time, people who know is these winners are built in the trenches. Uh, Peter Skaronsky at a Northwestern, uh, who's um, a big time player. The belief among some people is that he could be a Canton level player. If everything clicked, Do you, are you that high on him? Do you see him head and shoulders above the rest of the linemen that are expected to go high in this draft? Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I don't know if he's Quentin Nelson, but I think he's rock solid. And if I'm the Bears, I think he's a force multiplier. I, I plug him in. I start him at guard. Ironically, going back to Tunsil, you know, we put Laramie at left guard for a year. 
And candidly, that was an ideal. Like he was a little uncomfortable at first, but he slid out to left tackle a year later in the rest of history. And I think, you know, they could certainly do the same thing in Chicago. I think he has a really, really high floor. You know, there's a lot about his arm length, but he's very functional. He's very strong. He's tough. Um, so to me, I don't think there's a lot of downside. And when you're the Bears, like, let's see Justin Fields with a really good offensive line. This, And I think there's no better example today than the Eagles. Look, Jalen Hurts has great talent, great character. He's a markedly, marked improved player. But I think part of that is the offensive line he's playing behind. All right. So when your career began way back when, it was Bill Belichick who uh, I believe he read a, a book that you tried to publish about football, scouting, et cetera, and decided to hire you. Way back when, so you understand Bill yeah, I Belichick. I want to hear more on that. Wait, well, how did he read it if it wasn't published? Well, it was, I had so many questions. You could explain that, but <laughs> you got copies to people. Did not Bill Belichick read something that you wrote? Is that correct? That is correct. So I actually put out, uh, it was 60 books that I sent to every uh, head coach and GM. Yeah. It was at Greg Rosenthal University's law school. I was at Tulane, <laughs> and I was an unpaid intern for the Saints, and I was very lucky, guys, the first year and a half, that I was in the NFL, I was an unpaid intern, the salary cap came in, I just took notes and sort of had observations about how to build a team in the salary cap era. Hmm. I got 59 rejection letters and uh, Mike Lombardi and Bill Belichick hired me in Cleveland for the 95 season. And I still have all the other rejection letters. I still have like my original binder, um, as embarrassing as some of my thoughts were. Um, I think what Coach Belichick though was, what's interesting wasn't the fact that he hired me, was the fact that he hired somebody that he thought could give them a competitive advantage, knowing that the salary cap hmm. was going to be an important part of team building. And I love that. I love that backstory. And you were there just a couple years after Bill Belichick parted ways with Bernie Kosar, which set the city on fire. I mean, you go to New England right now, and it just feels like the energy between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones has been off for a year plus. We all know what happened last offseason. Today, as we talk to you, Will Levis is in there visiting. There just seems to be interest, uh, potentially, that New England uh, would look for a different solution at quarterback. Do you think that there, knowing what you do about Belichick, is there a possibility that there's levers being pulled here in a month from now? Matt Jones is just somewhere else. Mm. Yes, and and I would not do that if I was them. But Coach Belichick would absolutely, um, he is beholden to one thing. The In his mind, the absolute truth, the standards are the standards, and the best players will play. I think Matt Jones is a, a good NFL quarterback. Look, we could argue if he's top 10 or 16, but he's a good player. He took his team to the playoffs in year one. Um, which is hard to do. And look, I don't think there's a super high ceiling, but I don't think this team is as far away. They have a great defense. Their offensive line, in my opinion, isn't what it once was under Dante Skarnecchia. Um, But if they can get maybe another weapon or two people that can run, I don't think Smith-Schuster changes what they are on offense. I still think they're, they're pedestrian. If they can fix that, the offensive line, and and hopefully another weapon, I think they could be right in the mix as one of the seven best teams in the AFC. Man, how would they even do that? That's a tricky one because if, if you can't get him traded and then he's your presumptive starting quarterback, you have to manage that. I'm thinking back when uh, the Jets once went after uh, Peyton Manning and then Mark Sanchez was still there. Like, it's a lot. What do you think, Mac Jones? I, I'm – I've been surprised even thinking about this, but what do you think he would cost? Like, what would you give up if you were a team that needed a quarterback right now? What would what do you think Mac Jones could could uh, get for you? Probably a second or a third round pick. You know, mm. he he's a, a solid quarterback. And again, like context is everything here, guys. If you don't have a quarterback, Mac Jones looks really good. Now, I think where he falls behind is I don't see the athleticism that all the other quarterbacks that are playing at a high level in the AFC like. Let's put two aside because the injuries, but when you talk about Josh Allen, presumptively Aaron Rodgers, Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, it, it's just, you know, Lamar, it's just one after the other. These guys are young, they're athletic, and they can really stress the defense because not what they can just do with their arm, but with their feet. And that's what's missing in Mac Jones's game. Now, with that said, I think they go 12 personnel with Hunter Henry and Gusecki, um, and that can make a big difference. And Ramadre Stevenson, to me, is a, is in a really – effective runner so what they're missing is maybe one more player that's fast one more really solid offensive lineman and then i could i think they could win a whole bunch of games but i don't think this is helping mac jones you know i think what's hard for them is this guys there was a lot of things that were really special about tom brady that that's obvious but part of it is like 
rare mental toughness and resilience in the formative years of his career. And Mac Jones may not just have those like superpowers and somebody in his ecosystem is saying like, Hey, did you see this rumor and that rumor? And you know, we all say the same thing in this industry, like, Oh, we don't read anything. And it doesn't bother. Like, you know, that's bullshit. Like everyone reads everything and I'm sure it does impact them. So, um, and, but knowing Bill B, I don't think that would, that's not going to stop him from doing what he thinks is right for his team. Um, I want to go above the treetops again here, Mike, as somebody that has, you know, such experience uh, running front offices. Uh, how do, let's call them external factors, uh, affect your decision-making potentially? If you're a GM who knows you're in a, a position where it's kind of a playoff or bust year, does that make you potentially more aggressive to take a big swing, or would that maybe put you in a position to go a little more meat and potatoes and be a little more conservative? Like mm. you've been on both sides of it. Like, does it change uh, as a, it's human nature? Does it change how you approach a draft, your personal job security within an organization? Yeah. Look, it, it's a totally fair question. Look, I was able to do it for a long time, over twenty years, and what really served me well was like, what's always best for the organization, and if we sort of use that as a grounded tentpole as we make decisions, like that's going to lead to more right decisions than wrong. And you hope that, you know, your boss, be it Steve Ross, Wee Johnson, whomever, isn't going to make a decision outcome determinative on any one pick. And that typically will lead you to to the right decisions. And candidly, like it's other people you're worried about more so than yourself. Um, there's a lot of people whose, you know, families and kids and jobs like depend on the performance of the organization and, I always worried more about them than myself and always thought like if we just bring in really good players that are high character, that love football, we'll get more decisions right than wrong. And usually that took care of itself. That's fair. You, you drafted Darrell Revis once. Uh, do you have a cornerback in this draft that uh, you like the most? Devin Witherspoon. Well, it's funny. There's one in one a here. Like Witherspoon is a lot like Antoine Winfield senior. And I hate saying that because it makes me feel so old, but Antoine <laughs> Winfield was one of my, favorite players like the late great John Butler when they drafted Antoine Winfield at, at the Bills I saw him at a game I'm like man that was a great pick he's like well we only drafted him to cover Corbett I was like mm. oh man that hurts <laughs> <laughs> and when you look at Witherspoon he's from the panhandle wasn't highly recruited has a massive chip on his shoulder and he's playing linebacker in a corner body like he loves to tackle he loves to run support Christian Gonzalez was, you know, at Colorado, transferred to Oregon, and he has more of an elegance about him. And he's a great, great athlete with great hips. Isn't the physical player that Witherspoon is, but I think they'll both play for a long time. Um, but like a guy like Witherspoon to me, like I, I don't think he'll make it this far, but like I think he is a Pittsburgh Steeler because I think he's tougher mm. than tough. And I just see him like thriving with a guy like Mike Tomlin. I wonder where you come in on the running back thing because I think about the 2009 Jets and how you guys just went as far as you did by hammering people in cold weather, um, completely destroying their will. And there's someone like Bijan Robinson sitting out there, and it's like, oh, it's a running back, and you might only get four or five great years out of this great player. Well, that sounds like a pretty good first-round pick, relatively speaking, to begin with. But how high, like depending where you were, how high would you say, this is our guy and I'll defend it till the end? How high in the first round? Yeah, you know what's really interesting? I had a chance to sit down with Tom Herman a couple of weeks ago. He uh, He's now the head coach at FAU in, in Boca Raton and told me a really interesting story. He said, you know, as a play caller, if we thought that there was an automatic check at Texas where if he was in the slot and they thought it was man-to-man, like that's where they were going. There was nobody that could cover him one-on-one. And I think what's like a little unfair for Bijan is like, you almost hate to say it, guys, but like there's almost a stigma of like, oh, you play running back. And if you take like the position off of him and think of him as an offensive weapon, he's one of the clearly 10 to 12 best football players in this draft. Um, so to me, if you have like a plan for him, especially out of the backfield, a little bit like a McCaffrey, a Camara type, I think he's a top 15 player. And there's a couple teams like Buffalo and Dallas in particular, are two teams. Like I'm really curious, like do they maybe try to trade up for him? Because I think those are two teams that would really benefit with his skills, not just running the ball guys. Like, again, like you see it on tape, but boy, like talking to Tom Herman guys, like it's amazing. Like confidence they had in him as a route runner um, and his hands and his ability to adjust to the ball. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Before we let you go, I'd want to ask you something non-draft related. 
uh, the old heads know, the OGs that have been following the Hard Knocks franchise for years know that it's very difficult to top the 2010 Jets Hard Knocks season. Shout out uh, Roscoe Diner. Shout out Mike <laughs> T trying to catch uh, as many punts as he could uh, in his arms. Uh, where do you come down on these teams being so openly out on hard knocks? I'll point out uh, Bears CEO George McCaskey, who kind of went out of his way to say, don't pick us. Uh, did you find it to be something that was a, a legitimate distraction, or is this just these teams are getting their uh, tidy whities in a bunch for no reason? Uh, I'd say both guys. So let me tell you a story. We were like a finalist for the 09 year. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. And everybody else wanted to do it except for me. And then after like to think about for quite a while, guys, um, Ozzie Newsom, who I have a ton of respect for, a longtime GM of the Ravens and great player, he, he made a really interesting comment. He, he talked about how they got better practices because when players know that the cameras are mm. on them, actually get better efforts and that really like changed my opinion of it and then nfl films you know the institution guys is just a really really special like when they talk about like confidentiality and you know things won't get out that are going to embarrass you um they really mean it so it was tremendous for our franchise we obviously had a great year went to the championship game despite me losing hair gaining weight dropping punts not saying our best player you know beyond <laughs> that it was really good <laughs> Very good. You did get it done. That, in fact, the greatest ending to any hard knocks season. And as a Jets fan, this this might seem biased, but it's Darrell Rivas coming onto the practice field with the teammates mobbing him after that saga that played out. Uh, and Mike T got it done, and he continues to get it done, just in a different capacity. Thank you, Mister T. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, there he goes. Yeah, George McCaskey. The quote was. Um, there are a number of teams that have compelling stories to tell on Hard Knocks. And then a reporter asked, that are not the Bears? And he said, 31 others. I don't know what it is. It, it just... I don't get it. I, I <laughs> think who, I... who needs more juice than the Bears? Come yeah, on, like, get out there. Like, at least half the teams around the league could use... I typically look at... like I think things can go south because I can think of like the Hugh Jackson scenario where him in a room, you know, or bossing his other assistants around looked bad and it stuck with him. But in general, like how most of what comes out about these teams is positive stories and getting to know people better. And like, I, you're, you can't hide stuff now anyways. Why not like go and have NFL films do the best job they can with it? Right. It almost seems like a, like a lack of confidence. Like, yeah, we're so afraid that like they're going to expose that we're actually just uh, there's nothing behind the curtain. How about be like the Lions <laughs> and sure. be proud of who you are right. and uh, America falls in love with you. And I love that Ozzy theory. That's I think he, he nailed there are it. A hundred cameras watching and you could be the focus of a segment, you're probably going to bust your ass just that much harder. Just how humans work a little mm. bit, I think. Maybe. I mean, and to to Mike's point about them relatively, uh, from them taking care of you ultimately, mm -hmm. I mean, they were just following the Cardinals every week during... Oh, they protected the Cardinals. One of the yeah. most disastrous... Uh, Seasons anyone's had in a while. I, I I wish we had made it through an episode without bagging on the Cardinals. I'm sorry. But <laughs> all I mean is, like, actually, I watched most of those, and I did see some positive things out of the Cardinals that were genuine, and I thought higher of some of the people in that building because of that. And, yeah, there was other stuff on the side. Are we visiting the Cardinals nest? <laughs> I'm a Vance Joseph here. Uh-oh. Not again. Um... <laughs> Ouch. Tough sitch. Tough not sitch. good for birds. Not good. Not good. Um, all right. So, another week in the books for around the NFL. Next time you hear from us, it will be draft week. What do we got coming up? We got a show on Monday. We haven't figured that one out yet, but we will. <laughs> Wednesday, we got figured out. It's the Mark Sessler mock draft, eagerly awaited, and also... I guess will we are we going to roll out the the graver um, mock competition as well? I don't know. We'll have to figure that. Out. We'll figure that out. Could have dueling days, but I would I would invite him to come. I'm not unlike the the McCaskies and the Bears. Right. I'm not. I, I invite the competition and the camaraderie. Very good. I love that outlook on things. Thursday we got you a double header of goodness. We have the first ever live stream of round one of the draft, and immediately following that we'll come to this studio right here and record the round one recap. And then after, you know, 
We reset on Friday, tracking the draft as we do. Saturday night, we recap the rest of the draft and uh, any other big thoughts uh, on the league that is the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've said it. Little winners and losers usually on that Saturday. We usually do that. We hit those winners and losers. All right, anything else? I like your new shirt, you know? This is a golf shirt. Took this golfing in Vegas with the buddies. Fancy golf. It's like Aqua Military. Check us out on YouTube. Aqua Camo. Heed the call. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.